Hey everybody, Michael here. Because I've been out on the road so much this summer, our little podcast has been on a short hiatus. But, well, we miss you. And uh, we didn't want you to think that we had forgotten about you. So, for this week, our beloved co-host Andrew has taken over the studio. He's called together some friends who are all longtime Expression Engine developers to talk about their experience learning about craft and the challenges and rewards of adding craft to their menu of services and skills. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of The Craft Podcast. For The Craft Podcast, I'm Andrew Welch. And with me, I have a special guest host and my friend, Earl Johnson. Hey. And this is episode 12, The Journey from Expression Engine Craft CMS. The Craft CMS podcast serves a community of developers, designers, business people, content creators, and web developers who use the craft content management system to build great products and experiences on the web. Uh, with this podcast, uh, we're aiming to quite literally give voice to the Craft CMS community. Uh, to bring you relevant news, to answer questions, and help develop your skills, and to celebrate the awesome things you're accomplishing with craft uh, in your tool belt. Nicely done, Earl. Thank you. <laughs> um, I, Andrew Welch from NY Studio 107, I've been in the business for about uh, since I was 15 years old. Uh, after a stint of running a software company for a couple of decades, I'm now immersing myself in helping businesses use technology effectively. Uh, yeah, I'm Earl Johnston again. Um, I started dabbling in freelance about 2011, uh, went full-time in 2014, uh, mostly working for small businesses, uh, nothing huge yet, um, but uh, trying to get into some more interesting stuff lately. Built my first small craft plugin and uh, have really uh, been enjoying that sort of part of it. Very cool. So when uh, Earl, when you got started... Uh, and actually, when I got started doing this stuff, um, I was using Expression Engine. And that's what you got started with, too, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, very first uh, paid gig was actually um, an Expression Engine build. Uh, pretty pretty simple brochure site for uh, a wine distributor. So really got to you know get into databasing in general. It was my very first you know database job. Yeah. So, and and that was some of the my early projects were on Expression Engine as well. And the the interesting thing is that there is a huge overlap uh, in the craft and Expression Engine communities, right? So obviously, Pixel and Tonic got started out doing uh, Expression Engine add-on development. That's where kind of all this came from. And then they ended up deciding to make their own CMS and. There are a lot of familiar faces uh, in the craft community that are coming from Expression Engine, and we wanted to sit down and talk with one. So with us, we have Sean Smith from Caffeine Creations. How are you doing, Sean? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, uh, Sean, can you tell us a little bit about your background, You know, the, the type of work you do and the, the tools that you use? Um, sure. So uh, I started building websites uh, as a hobby. Uh, using Dreamweaver and stuff like that way back in 2000. Oh my 2000. God, Dream, Dreamweaver. <laughs> well, um, I was a teacher 
and I need I wanted to be cutting edge and I needed a website and I didn't have money, so I had to do it myself. Right. <laughs> sure. So Dreamweaver and I was living overseas and I wanted a blog. So then I started doing a blog with uh oh what's the uh I can't remember the whatever CMS it was. Uh you can't remember WordPress? No, no, I never <laughs> used WordPress. <laughs> never, never. Uh and uh then there was this contest or whatever that uh, Ellis Lab was doing, and I got uh, a free license for Expression Engine when 1.0 came out. So I did some hobby stuff with that, and I was thinking about moving back to Canada, and I decided I didn't want to teach in Canada. I'm going to be a professional web developer, turn my hobby into a career, and I moved back to Canada in 2011. Okay. And I got a job at an agency that uh, specialized in Expression Engine, and it was good for me. I got to really push my skills, but I didn't like the company I worked at. And <laughs> so I started working on the side in the night, and I was at a conference, and Mitchell from Soulspace gave me a big kick in the pants and encouraged me to go on my own. And November 2011, I quit my day job. No, so, no, November so, 2014. Sorry. So you've been around since the very beginning of Expression Engine then, since 1.0, huh? 2005, yeah, when it, just wow. after 1.0 came out. Wow. So I, I remember purple. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that, that means I, anything it, to it you. Means, <laughs> it, it doesn't mean anything yeah, to me. That's before I, my time too, yeah. Yeah, I I, I, when I, the first time I looked at Expression Engine, I think it was up to version... Might have even been like 2.7 at that point. I don't even I think that was like 2013 maybe. Yeah, that, that um, sounds about right. Something like that. So uh, we actually met up. Uh, we actually met up in Toronto. I grabbed Earl and we jumped in a car and we drove up there and met up with you guys for a Expression Engine uh, conference in Toronto. And uh, we sat down and really the, the goal of that was to give you guys a a little bit of a, a demo of Craft. And it's uh, my understanding that you're now using Craft for some new projects? Uh, yeah, that, that's correct. Well, it wasn't so much of a conference, more of a meetup. There was, it's, okay. it's a much less formal, just a, a few guys coming out you're right. uh, once in there a while. You're right. No, there was no admission fee. True. So it's a meetup <laughs> and not a conference. Right, right. Exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, uh, I popped in on the Craft CMS channel and asked if there was anybody in Toronto who would be interested. And I... You're not in Toronto, but you said you were interested and came out. And basically, you lit me on fire because your presentation was great, showed me a lot of stuff, and got me really uh, interested in doing it. It was probably the beer. It it might have been the beer. (laughs) It never hurts. I I went out the next morning, and I was sober in the morning, and I bought the Majingo videos on how to use craft. Right. And then, you know, I was... I watched those over the next few days, and it was just like, wow, it was just blowing my mind, everything that was possible. So what was your kind of initial experience with Craft? I mean, my understanding is that when Craft 1.0 came out, you actually did something with it? Well, yeah, it came out shortly before iGoogle announced they were shutting down their site, and I liked iGoogle for my homepage. So I thought I'd make an iGoogle homepage, like a replicate it. And... Yeah, I, I did that. It's basically an RSS parser, and uh, I still use it to this day. I hmm. updated it a little while ago to the latest craft version, but 
I haven't changed any code. Uh, and it still works? And it still works. It's just it's still running the original <laughs> template code, which That's if I impressive. looked at it if I looked at it now, I'd probably be embarrassed by it. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it does what it does, and I'm happy with it. Now I'm curious because um, you know you use Craft back in the 1.0 days, but then you you kind of put it aside and didn't do anything else with it, right? Right. Well, I think this was when I was still working at the agency. Okay. Or it might have been shortly afterwards. And this agency only used Expression Engine. Really, nothing else? Literally nothing else? They had a few WordPress sites for, like, really budget clients. Right. But that that's it. And I talked to them about trying out a couple of different things, and I was looking at uh, Statamic and Craft, and it's like, nope, nope, this is what we know. This is what we're going to do. So I didn't have the opportunity to do client work on it, and while I was working on the side in the evening, because I was well-known in the Expression Engine community, that's what I did. And it was a lot easier for me to develop an Expression Engine because I already – I didn't have to reference the docs for everything. <laughs> right. I could, just, I could just do it. And when I'm working in the evening, I don't want to be working until 2 in the morning. I want to be able to go to sleep. <laughs> right. Right. And, and, right. And, and plus then you don't have to pitch your clients on this thing that they've never heard of. Exactly. They, and they, and they might would have heard know – they would yeah. know who I that I am. I'm an expression engine expert. At that point, I, I really didn't have the opportunity to use Craft. Yeah. Well, I feel like this is a great opportunity for us then, just because you're sort of uh, in the midst of you know taking on Craft after being an EE developer for so long. So I'm interested to see what are some of the things that jumped out uh, at you as major you know differences. Well, the templating language is a lot more verbose than expression engine Twig. So, yeah, I expected to need to use the docs to figure things out because, well, I don't know it. Uh, you have to be a little bit more specific and explain more about what you're going to do in your code to get it out. Right. But I think that also, in some ways, adds a lot of flexibility to it. So it, the biggest thing for me or trouble is learning Twig. I, I know the... Um, the for loop, is that right? Yep. Yeah. Yes, okay. I, I was worried I was using a, a WordPress word. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I know the for loop and, and a couple of other things, but basically everything else I need to reference the docs for. Sounds normal. Yeah. Um, one of the other things I really like is being able to use includes and not worry about performance hits. Right. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. huge. Um, now... Expression Engine is great. You can do includes. There's a couple of other ways to use includes uh, with some add-ons so that it, there's less of a performance hit. But if you're right out of the box, you have to worry about parse order. And if you include a template inside another template, the template engine starts over. Right. So on a small site, that's probably not an issue. Maybe even on a bigger site, one or two includes isn't going to hurt you too much. But if you start like uh, putting includes inside of includes inside of includes, wow, you're gonna—it's just going to bog your site down. Yeah, and that's the thing, you know, as a as a programmer, one of the things that is drilled into your head is modularity, which you know these days all the cool kids are calling it dry templating or dry coding. Right. Do not repeat yourself, but really, I mean, it's. It's just modularity, right? Which means that 
the you break things down into little chunks and hopefully you can reuse those chunks in various places and if you're not able to do that if you're not able to kind of divide stuff out without a, a performance hit it, it kind of causes you to not be architecting something in an optimal way you know um, so I think that is a, a pretty cool thing about craft that you can just include to your heart's content and not have to worry about the, uh, the performance uh, implications of that. Uh, oh yeah. It, and it just makes your templates a lot more readable. Right. I, I, right. My templates on, on the, the one client site that I did are not really, really long. There, mm-hmm. there's some code and it includes more code and it includes. So it's basically a number of includes and then I, I just open up the include file that I need to, to modify if I need it. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, one of the things that you know this makes me think of is, is in the past for me, one of the reasons I ended up having to use so many embeds um, was to get to information that I needed like a secondary loop to get through. Uh, right. So being able to nest loops uh, in craft I thought was incredible. Uh, and also one of the other reasons you know, using embeds and things like that because I didn't have access to variables. I couldn't store things. So right. without, well, I mean, I know that there's add-ons and things like that, but out of the box, uh, you know, you couldn't, you can, I tried to keep my add-ons uh, to a minimum because I, you know, you're talking about third parties supporting things and et cetera. So I try and keep it as first party as I can just for my own sanity's sake. I, I, uh, I also I, like to keep things as, as few third party add-ons as possible on any yeah. build. Well, I mean, you know, once you run into that first instance of uh, something becoming abandonware, and and just being like you know and, and especially if it was something that wasn't trivial to the build that you were um, working on uh, but yeah once once I experienced you know uh, twig and being able to set variables and uh, pass those around it was it was glorious <laughs> I was really I was really excited about that um, yeah speaking of twig another thing that I like is how you you use your for loop so it's like for something in craft entries or whatever so you can say right. for entry in this. You can name, I, I don't know if it's called a trigger word or, or what, but you can, for every loop, you can have a unique trigger word, which is really useful for telling you what it's going to do. Right. Oh, yeah, for sure. So I could like, for blog and blog entries, or for person in people, like, it, it, it really makes it clear what you're doing. At least or if to you me. want to be really, really cruel to the next person that has to look at your code, mm-hmm. you can do... Four I and then four I I and then right. four I I I. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just use I just use characters from RoboCop, so it's mostly just for RoboCop in RoboCop. <laughs> Pretty much all the time. But no, I mean you, you you make a really good point in that Twig is actually, I mean it's not really a programming language; it's a templating language, but it's pretty close. Yeah, um, and it does give you the the variables, the for loops, access to arrays, and you can, and that's the you know this kind of dovetails with everyone basically saying they try to use as few plugins as possible. You can do a ton with Craft right out of the box, and a lot of that is because of the flexibility of Twig, right? Right. Um, which is kind of a kind of a cool thing. Now, I, I'm I'm curious as someone who, you know, you've developed, uh, let's call it two. Two websites in craft. Is that fair? Yeah, sure. Two and a half. Two and a half. <laughs> right. uh, well, I'm, I'm halfway through uh, converting my photo blog into craft. Gotcha. Okay. So, I mean, what do you think some of the, you mentioned that Twig has kind of been a stumbling block for you, but what were some of the, the awesome things in terms of uh, either stuff that you didn't need a plugin for or stuff that you could just do 
right out of the box. Matrix. Matrix is mm. just pure awesome sauce. Oh, right. yeah. Um, I, I didn't understand what everybody was raving about on Matrix until I watched the Majingo videos. Right. And it, it kind of explained it. And then I, I kind of had a little light bulb moment where there's there's a couple of EE add-ons that do the same thing. And I'd never used them because I didn't really understand what they did. Right. Uh, but watching the Majingo videos, which if you haven't used Craft, you should watch these videos. It, it'll really give you that big light bulb moment. Yeah, Ryan does a good job with those. Yeah, I've watched a couple of his videos. He's good stuff. The Matrix is absolutely amazing. Just the fact that any sort of long form content, now you can control how it's presented and it's easy for the client to put in these different blocks of content. So you could have a block quote with a citation or, or a pull quote or uh, a floated image or, you know, a, a list or, or whatever you want. And they right. can drag and drop it into whatever order they want it to appear on the page. And it's just absolutely amazing no no needs to worry about them putting in some weird markup it looks correct because they're just filling in fields yeah and i i think that that is our kind of job as people that are architecting the back end back end you know a, a way that you can just punt on this is you can give them a rich text field and say okay put whatever the hell you want in there right <laughs> But I don't think you're doing your job if you do that because clients are just going to make a mess of it. And that's not treating them in a, uh, in a childish way. It's just reality. I mean, their, their specialty is doing their job. It's not designing things. Yeah, right? well, they're, they're there to run their business, not to it, like fake it with HTML, which is what they're going to exactly. end up doing if they go into the source view of the rich text editor. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, when you provide that kind of content builder type stuff, you give them flexibility because they can make stuff and they can move it around and they can choose what stuff they want to appear where. But you also, they are doing that within the confines of the structure and styling that you have defined. And I think that that is a, a pretty cool way to give them flexibility, but also kind of prevent them from hurting themselves, right? Right. Oh, yeah, right. Well, yeah, exactly. Flexibility. It, it's, uh, it was absolutely brilliant. And I I love that it was incredibly flexible for the client, but it gives you the constraints to control what's output. Right. And and then right. this pairs well with like fields everywhere. Right. Okay. So, but basically I had uh, a couple of different sections on this site that I, I've built and each of these sections needed to have a matrix. And the matrix was going to be the same on all of them, had the same content types, but each section had a couple of other different fields. So they had those unique fields. And I, with matrix, I did not need to replicate or duplicate the matrix field. I made it once and then I, on the content or the, uh, the channel page, I just dragged in this matrix, added it in, uh, into the, the fields for that particular channel and boom, it was done. And then yeah, the, on the template, I just included the matrix content as an include. Right. Because it was all templated in one template. So if it needed to be tweaked or adjusted a little bit, I only adjust it in one spot. It's really dry. 
Right, yeah, that's something I picked up on too right away and immediately fell in love with uh, about craft was, you know, because after working on some projects that had sort of unreasonable amounts of segmentation with the the data, uh, you know, having to just recreate the same field over and over again and give it a unique name and then have to remember these unique names. And you, know, you talk about going back and referencing the docs, you end up going back and referencing your own you know, fields list over and over again because you can't remember, okay, I'm in this channel, I'm in this. So just being able to have something just yeah. as simple as, you know, for, for a, a basic small site, just having one description field, uh, you know, and just calling yeah. it description instead of having like FAQ description, or, you know what I mean? Some like all these different uh, basically namespaces for your channels. Uh, yeah, not needing well, that is, is I, I always had to prefix all my, my fields with yeah. like the channel, like a channel prefix so that I, yeah. I could know, oh, log description. Uh, right. Article description, whatever. Now it's yeah. just description. Just description, right? Yeah, I did. I did the same thing with the prefixing. It yeah. seemed the easiest, most sane way to do yeah, it. Yeah, because you basically have to namespace it. But yeah, right. I mean, I, and I'm, I kind of laugh because I'm sure we all, all have been there and, and did kind of what uh, what Earl is talking about doing. But even better than not having to replicate that stuff all over the place mm-hmm. is when. You want to add something. You want to add some functionality, and you add it in one place. Right. And, and for instance, that one include that you're talking about, Sean, and every page benefits from that, as right. opposed to having to go back, write it for one, and then very carefully copy and paste it into every template, <laughs> right, changing right. the name in every template. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, been there, done that. Right. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. That's That's why the... This is just amazing because yeah, this you know you got to cop- you got to copy and paste it, and then you got to do a, a a find and replace on the the field prefix or right. the namespacing prefix. I, I remember one of the one of the grossest things. Well, it turns out to be one of the grossest things I think I, I've done was uh, I, I figured out in I think it was I don't know if it was an EE like two point seven or something like that. So I had all these channels for a for a print shop. So they had all these different cha- separated for T shirts and V necks and blah blah blah. And so what I realized was that you can actually expand. You can use a segment variable inside of a, a call to a field. So basically, instead, of, so if you had something like say crewnex image, you can have segment three image and as long as the you know segment three is crew next or so that way it was reusable in that sense i remember being so proud of myself and then i go back i'm just like that was so gross i can't believe and like i remember thinking at the time i was like man i hope this always works <laughs> just, and so that site is not on 3.0 for sure because i don't know if that works <laughs> no that, that'll still work okay cool <laughs> Good to know. um yeah I've, I've done that before i never thought of it as gross i just thought of it as the right way to do it because i'd never done done it any other way yeah i just i mean i don't yeah i mean i just didn't know if it was the right way to do it something felt like off about doing it that way so but being able to not have to you know prefix everything anymore is is nice yeah something Um, that uh my my good friend patrick uh mildly geeky on the the slack chat always says uh if something feels like a hack, it probably is. Right. You know? I think yeah, I think that's a good... And, <laughs> and that's what it felt like. Yeah. And we Patrick, all have been Patrick's there. Patrick's a good guy. I, I've talked to him a few times. Yeah, Patrick's a great guy. Yeah. But let's let's not boost his ego too much. Uh, <laughs> so, so the, uh, but, you know, it, it is true, though. Um, if something feels like a hack, and we all have kind of had that feeling when we're doing something, we're in the middle of typing, and we're like, should I really be doing this? You right. know, you kind of... You find a, you kind of feel a little self-conscious, and you're like, "Well, no one else is going to see it anyway," you know. Um, and you know, whatever. We've all done that in order to to get a project done in in, in the way that we needed to get it done. Especially oh, if sure it's on I'll a tight deadline. 
yeah, yeah. You, you, sometimes yeah. you have to do it the the quick and dirty way yeah but i think that's an interesting thing about craft is that it's pretty open ended i haven't found too many situations where i feel like it is forcing me to do something in a way that i don't want to do it which is something that i particularly enjoy about it you know you've got a reasonable amount of freedom in terms of how you want to implement it have you kind of found that to be the case as well sean from your experience with it well uh with the one site that i've basically just <laughs> waiting to launch yeah um it in that case i i found it to be uh basically like the same as working with expression engine i can i can build it the way i want right um there's just slightly different ways to do it with craft, right. uh, like we talked about, including with with no repercussions. Yeah, and I think that's a great thing. And you know, one of the other things that I mean, th there were several late nights where I just wanted to put my head through the monitor, uh, <laughs> dealing. No, I mean, seriously, dealing with things like the parsing order mm. and things just mysteriously not working. And I, I just haven't really found that to be the case in craft too much um, from the point of view that if something doesn't work, usually I made a mistake somewhere. It's usually not kind of uh, artificial thing that's kind of being imposed on me. Uh, speaking of making a mistake, it's incredibly Let's hear it. obvious. We want to hear it. It's hear, incredibly hear obvious when you make a mistake with your templates yeah. because your entire site just disappears and you get a big error page. Right. And, and here's the funny thing. And that's thing. frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, here's the funny thing. So uh, <laughs> when I first started developing in craft, I was just kind of like developing stuff, right? Yeah. And I hadn't found the craft Slack. I hadn't found any kind of community. I was just kind of dinking around with stuff on my own. And then I found the uh, the community and I found this thing called dev mode. I'm like, oh, <laughs> what's that? I don't even know what that is, right? <laughs> And then I turned dev mode on and my site just broke. Right? Like, oh, maybe that's because I am in dev mode. <laughs> right. And I, and I was just like, oh, damn, this dev mode thing sucks. Like, my, oh, yeah, that's terrible. My site worked. <laughs> yeah. My site worked before yeah. I turned it on. And now I turn it on and it doesn't work. Right. And so I turned it off. Right? <laughs> okay. And then I went up, I went upstairs, I got something to drink, and then I was just, there was this nagging thing in the back of my yeah. head. I'm like, no. Just eating away at you. I'm like, no, we don't, we don't just turn that off. We're going to go right. back, and we're going to see what it's complaining yeah, you about. You effectively covered your eyes. And then, <laughs> and, and then we're going to fix it. Right? Yeah. But I, I totally remember doing that. You know, yeah. And that was just my, my noobness to, uh, uh, to craft, I didn't even know. I didn't even know dev mode existed. Yeah, well, it's, all, it's also really it was, helpful. Though, too. It was kind of the first time it happened. I was looking at the docs and I was popping in some code, and obviously I screwed up because you know I still knew it. I'm still new at it. All of a sudden, my page was white with a whole bunch of error messages on it. I was like, mm, right. uh, how do I fix it? Because none of the error messages made sense to me. I didn't know what they were right. what they were yappering at me about. But I, I do think that that's a really cool thing about it, though, um, because it kind of forces you to do it the right way. Um, oh, if not, absolutely. It's a little yeah. bit disconcerting at first to see it happen. But I, right. I, I think that you you have a point that it will help you improve and, and know how to do it correctly. Right. And, I, I, you know, that's what these tools are there for, right? I mean, obviously, we want to use them the right way. And the fact that it is, it just says... Yea, you shall go no further, right? Like from the Lord of the Rings, <laughs> right, thou right. shall not pass. Right. Yeah, you know, yeah. uh, 
if you made a mistake, you're going to fix it, you know? Right. Oh, I'm absolutely. I'm going to address this right now. Yeah. yeah. So um, I'm uh, curious about uh, a couple of other things. So, I mean, one of the things that kind of made my heart melt uh, when I first started using Craft, uh, and I realize this is, uh, you know, trivial and everyone's probably used to it by now, but just the fact that I had variables, that I could add stuff in a template, <laughs> you know, right. uh, and you know, I understand that in there were there was low variables and some other stuff like that that you could get similar functionality, but just the fact that uh, and my my background is uh, from doing C Objective C development that kind of stuff. So from the point of view that I had, I felt very comfortable and I I was just very very happy that I could actually add stuff and that I could ha- set variables and I could loop and I could do all this fun stuff. Yeah. Um, was there, were there any kind of moments like that for either of you two guys uh, when you first were using craft that you were like, yes, <laughs> Earl, go first. Or was there anything like that for you? Uh, well, yeah, I mean the, the variables thing was, you know, it was absolutely huge. Like I don't, I don't want to harp on it um, too much, but yeah, just for the amount of times that I had to, um, you know, break down and use PHP or something to for simple like array, right. uh, you know, array stuff, uh, being able to manipulate um, data in, in that way. And a lot of that stuff came from, you know, having to deal with uh, parse order or trying to keep, you know, the, the number of embeds down and, and stuff like that. Right. Uh, so and and uh, and yeah, uh, you know, Sean touched on it earlier in terms of um, not getting hit with any kind of performance degradation right. with using uh, includes and, and, you know, you talked about the modularity. Uh, so all those things were, uh, you know, just huge. And again, for, I don't think I've, I mean, I, I haven't built too many craft sites, but I don't think there's been any, anything I've run into that I couldn't do out of the box where I, I go, okay, I need to find a, a, a plugin for this. Uh, you I, know, I, um, I've run into those on occasion, but I, I mean, something that I want to touch on about what you just said that I think is super, super important. Um, so if you're just taking chunks of PHP, and you're sprinkling it throughout your code, which, you know, everyone has done, yeah. whether it's Expression Engine, WordPress, right. whatever, whatever, ModX, whatever you happen to be using, mm-hmm. that's a bad practice, oh, right? Yeah. And the reason why that's a bad practice is none of that stuff is reusable, um, and it, it, it can be very fragile, right? True. So the interesting thing to me is that you are kind of being forced into a bad practice because of the limitations of the tool that you're using. And I don't think that anyone enjoys you know having to do that yes you can do that just to get the thing done but you don't really feel good about yourself after you've done it right um anyway uh, sean how about your yourself were there any you know when you sat down after you were all jazzed up from our meeting in toronto and you started working on this were there any things that you were just like yes (laughs) you know thank god i can do this you already mentioned the matrix but there any any other things that kind of stood out in your mind fields everywhere yeah that that was the big thing uh I don't know PHP very well. I, I can right. do a, a very little with it, so I don't write PHP code. So not unlike Earl, I wouldn't be using PHP in my templates anyways. Well, that must open up a whole new realm of possibilities for you then, because if you were not doing PHP in the past, you were kind of limited to either uh, what the templating, templating language offered you uh, or what plugins could do for you. And now with Twig... It, it should have opened up a kind of a whole new realm of, of possibilities in terms of what you can do, right? Uh, I'm imagining that it will. But <laughs> I, again, I haven't done a lot of sites. I finished one client site. I'm just waiting to get it launched. 
and it was a very simple site. So there mm -hmm. was no need for complex functionality or anything that I couldn't really do out of the box. Right. So yeah, I, the add-ons I used were SEOmatic. Uh, yes. On, on Andrew's recommendation, and I never heard it. of it. <laughs> Never heard of it. <laughs> uh, and, and another add-on by Andrew was Retour. Oh right. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, I, li I like that one. I mean, it, actually it was really, really simple. It, it just no need for HD access. I just dropped in a couple of detours and and boom, so everything matches yeah. correctly. I basically did everything out of the box with Craft. So mm -hmm. yeah, I there's nothing no amazing templating moment for me yet but i have a, a site that i finished a little while ago that i could imagine that the code would be a lot cleaner if i had built it in craft hmm. just because of the way i could do more includes and this, this site has got a lot of those copy and paste and change the uh, namespacing yeah and you know one thing that i think is kind of interesting so Despite the fact that I write plugins, I still kind of subscribe to what uh, both of you guys said in terms of I try to use as few as possible uh, on the site for all you know all the reasons that make sense. But one thing that I think is is kind of interesting is that at least among a lot of the uh, e developers that I've talked to, they kind of have this recipe of plugins that they always use. Ah, yeah, right? I, uh, so do I. <laughs> on, on every site. Yep. But the but the interesting thing to me is a decent number of those plugins really were kind of making up for functionality that wasn't there. Right. You know, whether it is something like, okay, and I realize this is a, a little bit dated now, but for instance, uh, Pixel and Tonic's assets, right? Mm -hmm. um, there, Yes, there there is functionality built in for doing that kind of thing, but not nearly as comprehensive as assets, right? Um, and then some of the Playa relations stuff. Yeah. Uh, and again, I realized that uh, E or sorry, Ellis Lab has been kind of rolling that kind of stuff uh, into it. But still, there was a, a number of plugins like low variables. Oh, I, I can't that, build a site without low variables. Right. And and that, I guess that's what I mean is that it's the Swiss Army knife of add-ons. Does but that that is, is something that a lot of developers literally they cannot make a site without these certain things, right? right. Whereas what I find most of the plugins that I end up using in Craft, it's not I can't build the site without this thing. It's that this thing modularizes some kind of functionality in a way that I can get things done a lot quicker. You know what I mean? And an example of that would be SEOmatic. Right? Yeah, I was I was I, just going to bring this up. Yeah. Going back to that little light bulb thing that we had talked about just a minute ago. Mm -hmm. SEOmatic just... It's it's amazing, I, and I know it's I, I know it's your add-on, but oh my okay, god, Michael is going to think I did this podcast just to get the praise. <laughs> no, no, well, I've barely touched on it. Okay, so yeah. it it works out of the box. There's a lot of options in there, which can be a little bit intimidating on first on first glance. But if right. if all you're looking for is just being able to get your meta description and your your meta title and say uh, your open graph tags done, you can ignore everything else. And, and you told me that whatever's not filled in doesn't get output. Right. So you, you fill in your, your simple things and you, and you get it to your open graph image draws from either a field or you can upload it separately. And then in the template, it's one line of code. Right. 
I dropped right. this line of code and I, I viewed source and there's this huge, massive <laughs> amount of stuff that I was like, wow, I didn't have to program that. Right. This thing is gold. It just saved me like yeah. three hours of time. Oh, yeah. you're like, where'd all this shit come from? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, <laughs> so if we're talking about templating and making things easier, SEOmatic's a perfect example. And I'm sure there are, yeah. are other aspects of craft out of the box that might do something like that for me, but I just haven't right. hit on it yet because I've barely touched it. Or there well, might guess, be I another add on that does that. But right. in this case, SEOmatic, wow, one line of code and it spits out like everything. Well, I, I, I guess what I mean, and I was kind of trying to strike a difference between the two is, so what SEOmatic does is something that I used to do manually with templates in, in craft, right? Right. The, the whole methodology of cascading meta and all that crap is stuff that I just used to do in templates, right? right. And I decided that it was a really good idea to car compartmentalize that into a plugin because I was redoing it on every site that I was doing. Right. And so it's not something that I can't build a site without it. It just makes it quicker to do it. Whereas well, something like low variables in Expression Engine, you just can't build a site without it. You know, if you're doing anything of any kind of complexity. And I, I well, think that that is how I approach what plugins that I decide I want to use on Craft is how much time does it save me in compartmentalizing some kind of functionality. Right. You know? right. Well, it, seem, it seems like they're, they're doing what they're supposed to. It's, it's, you know, you're extending, you're, you're adding on, whereas something that is, uh, you know, making up for something lacking, you know, uh, it seems more of some, like a, like a bolt on, you know, it's like something that has to be added to be able to, you know, to well, accomplish something. Simple. I, I would like to say that I technically, I could build a site without low variables. I don't want to. <laughs> right, right, right. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, it just, it does things for me that it's great for the client because there's a lot of places that I can put one-off content. Right. That it just it goes here instead of creating a whole channel for uh, one-off content. And then I, I've got uh, how I would do embeds is I use low variables and pre-parse things. Sure. So I avoid that template engine issue. Right. Uh, and it still lets me pass variables in, and uh, it's it's a nice interface. It's really powerful. But yeah, it's an add-on. Ideally, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't have to use it because well, I, 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 I like I like to not use add-ons if possible. Yeah, and, and and I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with add-ons. Just you know, if you're using a ton of them, and like Earl said, if some of them become deprecated, I mean, it can make your life difficult. Sure. Yes, right. I've taken yeah. I've taken on many uh, rescue sites, right? Where oh, right, yeah. It's either got a custom add-on with no documentation, oh yeah, or it's got abandonware, yeah, which is yep. documented. But wow, look, there's no upgrade path because the developer has gone out of business or switched CMSs or whatever. He's just For, he's not yeah, doing whatever it. reason, right? Yeah, and I, I am in the middle of something right like that right now with a EE site that one of the things that it uses is a plugin to allow the client to draw stuff on, on a Google map. Right. Yeah. And it's integral to the site. So this is actually pretty interesting. So what ended up happening was that Google changed their API and it broke the plugin. Okay. And the plugin author is MIA. Uh, my understanding is that he has health issues or, or whatever, but the plugin is broken, right. right? So there were some fixes that were floated around. And what you can do is, in a, in a, assuming that you are 
you know, capable and, and competent to do this, you can go into a number of the different files and you can change it to ask for a specific version of the Google Maps API, right? Right. So, so that fixed it for a while and everything worked. And then three months later, his site was broken again, okay? Because go Google's in, not supporting the older API anymore. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Google deprecated the API that this plugin actually listens to, right? So I'm in the position right now where, <laughs> look, we either, either I go in and I fix his plugin, which seems ridiculous, or we swap in a different plugin, and we're in the middle of kind of doing that now. But that that's an example of the kind of thing that can happen, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, nothing there. else, nothing on the site changed. Everything worked. But because it was depending on a particular uh, Google API and because Google decided to deprecate it, his site's broken. <laughs> you know? It's just right. broken. Yeah. And, and if the developer's not going to support it anymore, then it's your SOL. Right. Unless you have the skills to do it or the the dineros to pay somebody to do it for you. Right. And that can become a problem because on a lot of sites, and this was a perfect example of it, one of the reasons why we use this plugin to begin with is they didn't have a huge budget. You know, they weren't going to be able to pay me to do the kind of custom work needed. So, okay, we'll spend 50 bucks and we'll roll this plugin in and we'll use it. Right. Which is all well and good until (laughs) what happens happened. Right. Right. Um, yeah, uh, actually I had a, another thing just pop into my mind, jumping back a bit about yep. the templates. Yep. Image transforms. Mm. Mm-hmm. You just, you put it in its code. Like, I, I don't even know if there's a place to put your transforms in the control panel. I just yes. did them all in the template. Yeah. There is a place where you can put them in the, the admin CP. Yep. But I don't know why you would. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, if you're going to use the same transform, you might want to put it in the in the admin CP. But I I like just templating it, right? On yeah. each one, because okay, I've got grunt running and I've got live reload, and I'm just playing with the transform until it works right. right. I don't have to keep going into the CP and saving. No, I'm in the template. I just change a couple of little thing parameters or whatever save my file and it automatically reloads my browser and boom, oh, now it's working, done. Well, it's nice to have the option to do it either way that you want to, whether you want to do it in template or, because I'm the the exact other way. I, you know, probably, you know, like a dummy, uh, I do it in the CP and and, uh, reload the page and, oh, I didn't get it quite right, but but I end up doing it in the control panel. Well, I wouldn't uh, call you a dummy. (laughs) Well, no, I mean, you know, it's it's fair. But I I like it also because it's, to me, when I'm looking at the template, I can see what the transform is supposed to do. Right. And, right, I, yes, and right. I'll have the transform right above the call and I'll have it commented saying, okay, it's, it's used here. And I, I remember that in one of my, in one of my templates, the, uh, the same transform was used in a number of different places. I just had the transform at the top of the template and a comment over each call for the images later. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, it's all in the same spot, easy for me to to tweak if I need to. I think one of the other kind of nerdy revelations for me was that, and, you know, if you've only done one site so far, this may come in a, a couple of sites down the road, but most of the things that you interact with uh, in terms of the craft APIs um, are actually objects. 
right? So like if you do, um, you know, set foo equals craft dot entries, you know, whatever, you're actually returned an object, a full blown PHP object is being returned to you in Twig, and it is just enormously powerful mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the things that you can do with it. And I just, you know, from a a nerdgasm point of view, I just thought that was a pretty pretty <laughs> yeah, awesome thing. I, yeah, I agree. Okay, well, I, again, I, I wouldn't know how powerful that is yet. I'm yeah. sure that as I build more sites in craft, there will be a moment that, wow, I can do this, and I'll, I'll just be amazed. So that I mean that actually brings up uh, an interesting question for you. So you do e stuff, you do craft stuff. Um, are you in the position now that you have clients coming to you and you get to pitch one or the other to them, or how does that work? Or do, are they approaching you with we are using X, uh, and then you just use that, or are you in the position where you are kind of recommending using one or the other or something else? Okay. Uh, well, most of the bulk of my work comes from agencies. So I, okay. I do outsource. And so currently I, I work for a couple of maybe three different uh, EE-based agencies. And that's where I get most of my work from. Uh, the last, the one craft site I did, I was approached by the agency. I hadn't done any work for them in a while. And they asked, asked me to do this really low budget thing. Uh, site for them and it's like all right well craft will be cheaper and i listed out a couple of advantages and said oh yeah we had another developer use craft with us go ahead use it so i was really happy because it came like just one week or two weeks after i had talked to you and watched the majingo videos everything's fresh in my mind i get to build the site it's it nice. great that's yeah, great uh i do get some of my own clients but most of them come to me with Expressions in uh, expression engine sites already in hand, so there are a lot of rescue sites. So you're okay. So and this is something that I'm curious about, and I don't know a whole lot about it. So let's say someone comes to you, and they're running like EE 1.8. Oh, that's a rebuild. Assuming that that exists, right? Yeah, no, I understand that it's a rebuild. What is more work, uh, transitioning that to uh, EE three? or transitioning it to craft, or are they both kind of similar in the, the scope of work that's involved? Well, like, is there anything that carries over just from the fact that it was an EE site at one point? Well, technically, you could run the updater and get just update straight to EE3. Okay. So, I don't actually, I don't know if you can go straight to EE3. You might have to do your uh, interim, go to 2, and then go to 3. Right. So, yeah, technically, you could do that. But I wouldn't do it that way just because you'd be getting a lot of older stuff that the original developer, even if it was me, wouldn't do it that way now. Right. Because, you know, best practices have changed and things are just different. I I would just do a flat out rebuild from each of them. Yeah. And if there's a lot of content, uh, there's a couple of ways to import content from XML or CSV in, in Expression Engine, and there's a way to do it with Craft, which I've used on my photo blog I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. So I would just set up XML fields or a CSV template or whatever and import it that way. And start, I guess what and start I'm, from what the I'm looking, up. I guess what I'm looking for, because I just don't know, because I haven't done it. Like, okay, so let's say we had a, a, cra- uh, a sorry, an Expression Engine 2.7 site. Right. And... It's maybe three or four years old, 
and the client wants to upgrade to, well, the client wants the site to be rebuilt. Okay. Yep. Um, is it going to be like how much work is involved in then just saying, okay, well, we'll upgrade you to EE3 versus uh, rebuilding it in craft and importing it? Like what is the, the amount of work and how does that kind of compare to each other? Because I, I just don't know the answer to that. I haven't done a two to three upgrade yet, so <laughs> I don't actually know. But well, I, I, I would guess that the EE2 to 3 upgrade would probably be a little bit easier because I wouldn't need to create all my channels and fields again. True. And I could, if we're not doing a complete template rebuild, then I could use a lot of the same template code and, and or I could, even if we're changing the look of the site, I could crib a lot of the, the channel entry codes and stuff like that. So it would be probably a little bit easier to upgrade to three. But if you're just doing a full rebuild anyways, then I would seriously look at both systems and see which one is the best. Right. So right. if craft is going to be better, then I'd go, go with craft. If EE is going to be better, I would go with that. And it would be a matter of taking a look at at what kind of features they want and uh, the cost of any add-ons that may or may not be needed. Or if the add-ons still exist, right? Because that's uh, one of the things. That, that, that's the other thing. When yeah. From two to three, there's some add-ons didn't get ported over. So unless you have something, some way to migrate the content that was in that particular add-on, you might be having some trouble. Right. So yeah, in, just, in that case, it might just, you have to rebuild it either way. Right. And I, I definitely agree with you from the point of view that at some point, I think the best thing that you can do is just tear the house down, you know, tear it down, rebuild it. Uh, after a certain amount of time, uh, it just makes sense to do that for certain projects. I, I did I, it for my own site. Yeah. Uh, and I, I was just upgrading from a one version of EE to another. And I just like, I wasn't happy with how I built it originally because I right. learned and grown as a developer. Oh. Yeah, I mean, you, you you always learn how to build something right the second time you build it, right? Yeah. Uh, don't talk to me a year from now when I go look at that first site I built in Craft. I'm sure there's I'm going to be shaking oh. my head. Yeah, I mean, everyone has done it. I, I've got some things that I go back and I look at them. I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? Well, I've read more than a few places that's that's supposed to be the deal. Like, if you can't look at code that you wrote six months or a year ago and go, what the hell was I doing? Then you're probably not learning as much as you need to. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's a good point. That means you're not growing, right? right? Yeah. Um, and I, I think that makes complete sense. I just, you know, I've got a, a number of clients that are running uh, older EE sites, um, you know, like 273 seems to be the version that most of them are on. Right. And I would like to keep them up to date, um, but realistically, it just really doesn't make sense to have them pay me a bunch of money to transition it to EE3 and have certain things, you know, not work or, um, or right. I'll have to spend a ton of time just fixing it. So I think that those sites are probably going to stay on EE273 for the life of the site, <laughs> you know? Until it's um, time for a, a rebuild or a refresh and then it's yeah. like, all yeah. right. Uh, I think that's just reality. Like, you know, and for some smaller clients, uh, and even for some decent sized ones, yeah, technically it makes the most sense to be using the most current everything, but 
the cost benefit just isn't there for them, especially when you have a breaking version. You know what I mean? Right. Um, right. If the upgrade actually takes a lot of work to do it. And, and that's why I thought we're kind of at an interesting nexus because there are a decent number of sites out there that are probably at that nexus where it's like, well, you know, either we upgrade to EE or we move it to some other system. And because of the kind of breaking changes in EE3, you know, from 2 to 3, it's a lot more work than just going to like 2 point, you know, from 2.7 to 2.8, you know? Uh, it's, it's, it is a huge difference. And, and you, like you said, you really do need to pay attention to which add-ons are available. Did they right. get ported? Are they still supported? Yeah, I mean, and you have a better sense of the kind of e community than I do. Are you seeing a, a lot of these add-ons being ported over, or just the major ones? Or, or I, I think the most on? popular ones have all been ported over. There's a couple that are left, but they were acquired by another add-on developer, so it's coming. It's just the you original. You mean Pixel and Tonics old add-ons, or? Uh, no, there was uh, a really popular add-on called Structure. Oh, sure, yeah. Uh, that was recently acquired by Tom Yeager's company. Okay. And as soon as he gets it updated, it'll be out again. And uh, Tom does really good work, so I'm, I'm sure it'll be good. But Oh, and, uh, and another one, which is the, the bane of my existence, uh, Cartthrob, oh. uh, was bought by Vector Media, who employs the original developer of it. So that's another one that kind of... Uh, has been passed around, but is now in in new hands. Oh, I didn't realize that. That's cool. Yeah, Mighty Robot. Mighty Robot. After after promising things to people for forever and ever, yeah, finally just like gave up. Oh, yeah. Wow. Coincidentally, Vector also bought Brilliant Retail. Oh, okay. Which it was a competing uh, add-on. I think right. they bought Brilliant Retail. There, there was another third-party uh, e-commerce solution as well, and. Maybe they bought that one. So I, I think that yeah. Vector now owns all the EE e-commerce. Oh, I'm not sure. Last I knew, Store was bought by um, Dev Demon. Store. It was Expresso. Expresso Store. I oh, okay. That, that was bought uh, by Dev Demon. All right. Yeah, but that was. I mean, that last I knew, that was like a year ago. It could have changed hands again, for all I know. But um, yeah, Store. Store wasn't too bad. No, I want. I, it's interesting. I mean, we could conjecture about why there's so much of this kind of passing around and consolidation of these things, but. You know, from my point of view, these older sites that I have on EE, um, when it come time, comes time to update them, I'm just going to build them a new one in craft. Uh, in fact, there have been a couple of small, simple sites that I've just said, screw it, and I just rebuilt it for them. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, because, you know, I mean, they were like two-page sites, right? So it, it wasn't like it was anything horrendous, and, uh, and, and I just am relatively immersed in the craft world and would prefer to do my work there, to be honest with you. Oh, I hear it. It's best to work with what you're, what you're most familiar with. <laughs> I just had yeah. someone just today who will remain nameless. They messaged me in, in Slack chat and they said, um, so can you port SEOmatic to expression engine? Oh God. <laughs> and, and, and she said, please don't kill me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just replied. Uh, I just said, "Nope." <laughs> um, just, I mean, you know, whatever. It, it's something that it would be a lot of work for me to do it, and I, I 
created this tool because I want to use it, right? Right. Uh, and realistically, my development going forward is going to be assuming that it's the the platform that makes sense for it because, uh, you know, I might be using Laravel or something else depending on what it is. But assuming that I need a CMS, it's going to be craft, right? So and it's going to make sense for me to kind of develop and support the the plugins for craft. I thought that was funny. It's like, can you make yeah. can you make this for expression engine? Yeah, it, didn't you say that to me too, Sean, when we met up or something? I think I, th- I think it came, I think it came up when we were. I I, I might thought, have said it yeah. when you demoed yeah, yeah. it to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I guarantee that if you did put it into expression engine, it would be very popular. Yeah, uh, yeah that's probably true. Uh, I'm sure if you put it into any CMS, it would be like it would become the go-to SEO add-on. Well, I'll tell you what, Michael is already probably, his ears are probably burning. He's like, why are they talking about SEOmatic so much? Oh, right, so yeah. Let's sorry. Yeah. Okay, I heard. Yeah. It's going to drive him crazy. Uh, I, I, I swear to God. I don't much time on it. And, and no, it's, I only <laughs> use two plugins, so I don't have anything else to talk about for plugins. All right, all right. Yeah. What was the other one? Oh, right. Uh, no, Retour, no, 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 which was say, yours. Don't, no, don't say <laughs> it. Michael's going to go crazy. That just happened. Oh my God, Michael! I, if you're I listening, I only used two because I didn't. I didn't need anything else. I, like I said, that one site was uh, out of the right. box. Right. Um, I am working in my free time on transferring my photo blog into Craft as a as a learning exercise. Right. Uh, because I've only done one one real site, and I wanted to to do another one until I can pick up some Craft uh, client work. I think that's a great way to get experience, by the way. Oh, yeah, sure. Absolutely. So, yeah, I exactly. mean, I'm in the community, and um, I've I've talked to uh, a couple of people about maybe doing some outsource work for them in craft. Nice. Uh, so, hopefully something comes of it. But in the meantime, I need to work on some personal projects to re- so I remember things and continue right. to improve. And so, uh, my photo blog, I imported... Uh, 850 entries using... Holy crap. Uh, it was dead easy. Okay. <laughs> I used this Good. import module. Oh, okay. This so you exported them from, from where? From uh, an expression engine site. So you exported it as XML? Um, no, I exported it as CSV. Oh, CSV. Okay. Because yeah. I believe the add-on I used didn't take XML. Okay. So it was just a CSV. Yeah. Uh, imported it. Everything went great. I uh, just manually moved over the the images. Everything synced in great. So it's all there. The only uh, roadblock that I've run into is with the calendar that I have set up. Hmm. It's a really simple calendar. It's not for events. Basically, each month, uh, I only post one picture a day if I post okay. a picture. So on the calendar page, it's got a thumbnail of the photo of that day. Hmm. And you click the thumbnail and it takes you to the entry page. I wanted to have a calendar view like that with craft, but it's not possible okay. out of the box. Why not? There's no craft. There's no calendar module. I was basically thinking about using uh, what Expression Engine has is uh, the EXP uh, calendar. There's a, a calendar tag that spits out this code for you. Okay. So I was looking for that. It doesn't exist. That's fine. I was. I went on to craft Slack and. I asked, and there's a couple of third-party commercial modules, and Michael Rugg uh, offered me one, and I installed it, but it doesn't work the way I want it to. Oh, dear God. (laughs) This podcast is never making it. Never going to make it. 
<laughs> oh, no, no. I've enjoyed enjoy chatting to you guys, but nobody else is going to hear this. <laughs> and I, it's, it's a, basically, it's because of the way I wanted to do it. I wanted to run it off, off the date of the entry. Right. Whereas the, the module that he provided to me has a custom field where you have to input everything. And I already have all of these entries in it. I'm not going to manually go and edit them. I'm not making an event calendar. The, that module would be perfect if you're running a site with events. I'm not right. doing that. I'm doing trying right. to do something really simple and not what anybody else would use it for. Mm-hmm. But the community pointed me in the direction of some uh, jQuery plugin that I'll just that I'm probably going to use. Okay. So that that was my one limitation that I've run into Craft is that it just it didn't do something that I thought I would be able to do. That's it. I am 90% sure that you could do that between a combination of twig and routing. Um, so basically what you want it to do is you want it to output a calendar view yes. with a thumbnail of an image that was posted on a particular day, right? Right. And then auto link to the months and auto spit out the dates in the correct order and, and stuff like that. I bet you you could do that. I bet you. Maybe, uh, you're you're maybe. probably right, but there's no calendar uh, tag available, and that's what you're I was right. looking for. Yeah, sure. So again, I'm a noob, and I wouldn't know what to to look for. Yeah, that's actually been that's been part of the the fun for me when I uh, you know just getting involved in craft still pretty still pretty early on is figuring out all the different ways to um, that are available to accomplish things that I just didn't know it could do. Right. Um, so I'm actually curious. You said that you were you exported this stuff from uh, Expression Engine. Yeah. How did uh, the assets end up getting exported? That actually just worked. Uh, I actually I have a blog post about it. Okay. Um, and is it uh, the, your website is caffeinecreations.ca? Yes. Okay. And I'm gonna look for it right now because I'm. Well, don't bother because we're not gonna read the the link out and no no one's gonna do that. But they can go to caffeinecreations.ca to find it, right? Yeah, and then the first the first entry there is a craft entry. If you click on yep. the the tag, you'll see there's two actual entries on craft. It's the one called migrating content. So what was the procedure there? You you exported the. I'm just curious, like, how were you able to? export the assets in a way that you could then import them into craft and it recognized them as assets. I can't remember offhand because I, I... <laughs> magic. Yeah. It was magic. <laughs> it was magic. Yes. All right. But it worked, right? But it, but it worked. Yeah. Uh, basically I just needed the file name. Okay. And then, and the path to the file, right? I think the module just, where do you, I would have to run through the import process again to tell you. All right. But it worked. Yeah. But it, it worked. That's important. Uh, and this is something I had actually thought about doing about a year, a little over a year ago, is again working with Craft. So I had worked out the process before, and then I had written it down on this blog entry, and I referred to the blog entry again and did it. Mm-hmm. So isn't that, yeah. isn't that nice when you're you're – you put something out there, and you end up being really nice to future you. Right. That's like, what oh. most of my blog yeah. entries are about. It's just me yeah. like, making sure I don't forget stuff. Yeah. 
You're like, oh, this is great. Thank yeah. you, past self, Seriously. for I love <laughs> reminding me of how yeah. to do this. I love coming here. Most of my comments are really self-deprecating too. So I'll, I'll come back to something that I wrote like a year ago and be like, man, why did I do this? And then it'll say literally you know, verbatim, this is why you did it this way, dumbass. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, good. Yeah, so nothing – not, not, everything changes. <laughs> Earl, you are – you put this in your comments. Earl, you are a good person. Right. I should start doing that. That's why I need, I need a little more positivity in my, in my comments, in my documentation. <laughs> ah, okay. I, I was skimming the article. So basically, you create the CSV, whatever column has the image, it just has the image name. Mm-hmm. When you go into this, this module, you map the fields to the column. Yeah, that makes and sense. That's so the, the field just sees the name. Okay. And because the field knows where the upload directory is, it just matches mm-hmm. it. Oh, okay. All oh, right. And does it does it create the different asset asset sources for you as well, or? I had all of mine in a single folder. Okay, so we don't know. All right, I've just never done that, so I was curious. Right, uh, I, it exactly might be more difficult if you had subdirectories and stuff, but I don't, I have all my stuff in a single directory. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's something that I'm going to need to be looking into uh, at some point when it's time to migrate some of these EE sites because um, really the ones that I've done were simple enough that I just recreate it and re-enter the stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But there are others that there's a ton of data and there's no way it's going to happen uh, unless we imp- you know, export and import all this stuff back in. Yeah, well, so, this, this was 850 entries. <laughs> so, oh, yes. yeah. I got you beat. I mean, a couple of the sites, we got like thousands of things that need to be brought over and The idea of doing it and selling my client on the idea that uh, this really should be done is (laughs) – I'm not looking forward to trying to have that conversation. Right. (laughs) Yeah, being able to auto-migrate content is a really key thing if you you want to move from one system to the other. Yeah. Oh, for sure. You need to be able to import it as an XML or a CSV or or JSON or or whatever, some, some way that you can just grab the content and put it into the CMS. Yeah, that's one plugin that I thought was kind of cool for Craft, uh, a plugin called Instablog. So if you have a WordPress site, um, you can just point this plugin at it, and it will just instantly convert it into a Craft site, uh, bringing over all of the content, all the blog posts, and all that kind of stuff, which I, I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, it's, that's solid. Well, you, you don't have to do any programming. You just point it at the site, and it just grabs everything? Um, I think you point pointed at the uh, database dump, and it just grabs it. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, which is pretty – I mean, you know, its scope is limited. It only does it for WordPress stuff, right? Yeah. Um, and obviously, if you have custom plugins in WordPress where – okay, let's be honest. You can't build anything in WordPress <laughs> of note without a shitload of plugins. Um, <laughs> then, you know, some of that functionality uh, you'll, you'll have to do something with. But the actual – blog content and categories and images and all that kind of stuff. It just kind of sucks them over. The, the bulk of the cool. stuff will be yeah. over. That is yeah. amazing. Yeah, that's solid. That's super solid. And it would be pretty cool if someone wrote a like Insta EE, you know what I mean? Where uh, I don't know. Just... That's, I don't know that that would be possible. It'd be like taking an Insta craft into EE just because of the way you build site, build sites with EE or craft is it's, Unique to each developer. Well, no, no. I mean, uh, well, I, I think that a decent amount of it, you'd be surprised, could be done. 
um, because there are only a certain number of tags in EE, right? Right. Um, and you could just go in and, and replace the for loop tags and all that kind of stuff. But really, I was talking about kind of the back end stuff where, as opposed to. That's what to... I was talking about, actually. Oh, no. well, you should be able to. I mean, you know, channels map to channels and grids map to matrix. And, you know, you, you should be able to do something where you're going to get it at least 90% of the way yeah. there. You'd yeah. probably need like a, a maniac's whiteboard of how to, how the database maps. Right. But I think once you had that right. set up, which is, right. you know, fun on its own, uh, I think you'd be all set. But I, I think that would be a pretty cool tool. And I'm going to nominate somebody else to write. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what do you, you're like somebody. I was like, hmm, <laughs> who's that going to be? <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, I did say I was looking to get into the plugin development. So, well, I just dive right in the deep end. <laughs> and something like that, what actually scares me most about that is not writing it, it's supporting it. Oh, man, yeah. Because oh, I couldn't be imagine easy. how much support you would have. Yeah. It's... It would be easy to get it working for, or, you know, relatively easy for the test cases that I need, but getting it to work for everyone's site and all the right. crazy crap that they're doing. Yeah. That could be difficult. Yeah. Well, you have to you have to draw the line somewhere and say, are you doing it? Is it for vanilla, or is it for? Are you supporting certain add-ons? You know what I mean, like no. as well, like or yeah. it's for strawberry. Oh well, you know, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I couldn't imagine how much work it would be, and how much, how many people would be like talking to you about edge cases. Well, that's just it. I think the all core, right. the 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 ninety percent core, I think wouldn't be that bad at all. I think it would be. Shockingly, not that bad. Um, but the 10% edge cases would just never end. It would be like, you, you ever played with uh, any of those like Mandelbrot fractals where you can just keep zooming in and it just keeps on going and going. You can zoom in for forever. Yeah. That's that's what those edge cases would be like. That's how you're envisioning support for yeah. this type of thing. Oh, yeah. It would As just a Mandelbrot be, set. You'd be zooming in on that Mandelbrot yeah. set and you would yeah. all sorts of branches and trees yeah. and crazy stuff oh would be God. coming out everywhere yeah. for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, listen, Sean, I appreciate you uh, talking with us. And oh, I think thank it was, you for you know, hopefully, me. hopefully. I can make it up there at some point uh, for another meetup. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. My understanding is that you're going to try to start doing some Toronto craft meetups. Actually, yes, I did. I have a, a craft CMS meetup, and we've got a few people already signed up. First meetup is middle of September. Middle of September. Cool. Well, I'll tell you what. Ping me a little bit before then. I'll see if I can swing it. It's possible. All right. That would be cool. The, the way I was trying to uh, justify the last one that I did was that I was going to bring my wife and kids up there, uh, but that ended up that not you working didn't. out. Yeah. So I, just, I brought my bearded wife. There you go. That's what we call Earl. There we go. <laughs> Earl, the bearded wife. Yeah. Uh, hey, I've been called much worse. That's all out. Hey, did you rescue him from the circus or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he, well... I don't want to get into that. Earl is, he's yeah, that's a, a whole other podcast. That's, fine. That, that's why his self-esteem is a little low. We'll let's not, let's not get into that. It's been a weird ride. But no, I, I appreciate you uh, coming on, and I'm really interested in possibly revisiting this conversation with you in a year or so um, after you have uh, done a, a ton more craft stuff and uh, be interested to see uh, kind of how your perspective has uh, evolved since then well i'd be looking forward to that as well this this has been fun i really liked it cool well for the craft podcast i'm andrew welch i'm earl johnston and uh thank you for listening and just want to remind everyone that if you enjoy what we're doing 
Uh, definitely leave us a review in iTunes. We always, always appreciate that. And if you're interested in coming on as a guest or have an idea for shows or, God forbid, you want to sponsor uh, the program, uh, definitely get in touch with us at hello at craftpodcast.com. And a lot of you that are consuming this via iTunes, uh, one thing that I want to remind you about is that you can also go to our craftpodcast.com webpage and there's a comment section uh, for every episode. So if you have any comments or questions or kudos or you want to tell me how terrible of a person I am, you can do all of that in the comments. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Sean. See you later. Bye. Bye.